0: Welcome to Studscast on Sunday, September the 12th, 2021 at 7.33am. I wanted to take you out early. Gosh, oh my goodness. Take you out early to uh, give you a flavour of what it's like when it's not quite so noisy the reason I'm saying oh my gosh is that it's just getting light and I can see the flames of the fire burning God, in the uh, hills surrounding us. God, it's bad. Uh, sorry for the sort of sudden, unplanned Shock here, but the mountains are just absolutely on fire. The um, the hills just behind what I can see is Monte Major, uh There's a line of fire uh, running down. Hard to tell from here. Probably, you know, half a mile straight line, the lights at the bottom, those must be firefighters. <clears throat> so that's maybe sort of under control. But much worse is the mountain behind. I mean, I can't see the direct flames, but I can see the whole of the horizon behind the hill. It's just a red glow. And there's a plume of smoke. And I said this in a previous podcast, like a volcano going off and erupting. Wow, that is a shock. I did not expect to see that. I thought it was uh, under control. Well, it isn't. It's a a way off from here. So I wouldn't be particularly worried about our safety, but the poor people who are living in those mountains, well, I, I know that, you know, many, many houses have been evacuated but uh, you know the numbers that I heard yesterday
1: were maybe a thousand
0: but uh, it's got to be a lot more than that now I'm talking quietly because it's so early and uh, I'm just walking through the It's a little street at the back of the village. God, the sky, it would be a completely blue sky were it not for all the smoke that's billowing out of the mountains. Quite something to observe. You know, you, you see these images on TV of the big fires in Australia and America. California and places like that and yeah it's shocking but it doesn't it doesn't uh, have that kind of jaw-dropping effect that it does when you see it live from your own home. Wow Anyway, I've just gone down out of sight of the fires I'll tell you about it again when I next see it but uh, we don't it. So from Rooney and I, we would like to say thank you for joining us on this otherwise quiet Sunday morning. It's, it's just, it's that beautiful time in the morning when it's just getting light. <laughs> I can sleep longer but I can't. So I use my time to do something constructive I hope. So we'll move into this, sorry I've a long intro again, but uh, we'll move into the main body now. So besides Rooney jangling beside me, you can probably hear. Can you hear anything else at all? That's what I wanted to capture. Just the peace tranquility of the area when you don't have the construction teams building. I can hear somebody's, I like they're sprinklers or water feature.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh. The house that Carol was renting, it's uh, got something else out now. Maybe, I think somebody said the owners are back. Uh, there is no sound, not even birds actually no insects no birds, no wind actually, nothing just a piece of a Sunday morning (laughs) I hope you can hear me, I'm I'm sort of nervous to talk too loud because it's so quiet I'm just going around the uh, Past the final house of La Heredia. I turn the corner and I go up the next street, road really, small road, which moves into the next urbanisation which is called La Heredia. And another water feature, or well, the sound of tumbling water anyway. Yeah, and uh, the big crane is stationary and silent as everybody takes a day off. Except for you and me, Roons. Do you know it's Sunday, Runes? Nope. I don't because I don't care. <laughs> He's in a good mood. Uh, well, you might think. I've been doing a little bit too much podcasting lately. I don't know how much is too much. (laughs) Enough. (laughs) I remember the CEO of Harley Davidson saying that. And uh, we had him to talk as a keynote speaker when I was running an enormous trade show called Manufacturing Week. Largest manufacturing treasury in America. So we had Harley Davidson, they were having a big success story at the time. We had them come, or him, come and address in you know, an auditorium full of, I don't know, 2,000 people. And uh, somebody from the audience, after he'd spoken, and it was a QA, somebody said, you know, You've got a backlog of Harley-Davidson's on order, you know, it seems like you can sell every single motorcycle that you can manufacture, you know, why don't you increase your production levels and, you know, just meet market demand. After all, I said, how many Harley-Davidson's is too many? (laughs) And his answer, which I thought was quite cool, was too many is enough. In other words, keep the market w- waiting and anticipating, rather than as soon as you can have it, you have it. <clears throat> Something in that. But I think those rules do not apply to Stutzcast, because we don't. <laughs> Demand out the stripping supply, do we ruined? not as far as I'm aware. <laughs> But anyway, it's nice to have any demand at all. That's all I can say. Oh, now don't bark. Here's our friend from La Casita. Let's find his name. Oh no, it's too early for that. Yesterday, or was it? Recently, we walked past, he didn't actually even bark at us. Come on, Ruth, come on. Let's not keep him barking. They, they said they shouldn't really let him out this time in the morning if he's going to do that oh, okay I'm going back up into the higher reaches of this area where I get a better view of the fire i uh, will talk about that in a second so yeah <clears throat> yeah, have Podcasting a lot. I, I suppose, you know, when I feel that there's something to say, <laughs> that's what drives, you know, the creation of the podcasts, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> you probably say, Well, you haven't got anything to say, John, shut up. <laughs> well, no, it's not. Not that I came up, but got up so early for this reason, but it's not every day that you're able to. Deserve a fire of these proportions, but no, that's not it. Um, yeah, what happened was the end of our sort of summer guest program was supposed to be yesterday with cow Fox. Uh, leaving after a two-month stay. Not two months with us, but two weeks with us. And um, very kindly she invited us to lunch with her at a place in San Pedro on the beach called El Ancla. She said I'll pay for some sunbeds um, and I'll pay for the taxi to and from, and we'll split the lunch. Okay, very generous, because those beds are expensive—like 40 euros each. You know, so that's you know that's 120 euros. We start. Um, ah, one car. Wow, it's like one of those post-apocalyptic movies, where uh, there's almost nothing going on. There's three motorcycles just went past, but apart from that, there's nothing. Nobody up, except the fire. The fire didn't sleep last night. Um, Yeah, so we had a fabulous time. So before we went down there about midday, so before Lunch. We ordered our table for two o'clock. I think um, they've got this giant pool. Beautiful seawater pool, but an infinity pool. No, no waves. It's very sort of smooth and calm. i hardly anybody there because um, it was Friday. Uh, and we sat around the pool, had a drink, swam, chatted. It was very nice. And. Uh, then we went to our table, uh, we were treated, talk about wildlife, we were treated to a rather thrilling sight of a pod, I think they call them a pod, a pod of uh, dolphins, swimming really close to the, to the shore. From our table we could just watch that, I've never seen anything like that before. Around this area, it beautiful, you know, very traditional, just <clears throat> arcing out of the water, nose diving back in gorgeous you know we had a lovely meal and then you know we went back to us on beds a bit more of a siestery type swimming type period it was really nice and then you know we got I think it was light was just beginning to fade so it's probably about 6.37 ish and uh, we said all right well let's go we went to the bar to pay up and we said, Oh, let's have one more drink. Um, chatted to somebody who we knew from the Heredia and uh, paid up and left. Well, I tried to leave, but as we left, I was walking ahead, we'd ordered a taxi. And uh, no, we hadn't, we were just about to sort of ask for a taxi. And uh, I heard this slap behind me. I looked. Ran. The cow had fallen. There was a step. She hadn't seen it. And uh, she misstepped and uh, fell on her face without putting her hands out to break her fall. Ooh. As you can imagine, that is not going to be pleasant. And it's going to hurt. Anyway, she's face down. Come on, Can I will help you back up? And I went to help her up and I started to see a little bit of blood. I thought, Oh God, she's got a nosebleed or something. A few spots, you know, and then it really started to bleed. I thought, well, what have you done? And, uh, you know, and then people came running and the blood was just pouring out of her face. I couldn't see, you know, f- f- what exactly she'd done and then people came running with tissues and paper and all that stuff pushing them pushing the paper against her face you know to stop the bleeding so you know still couldn't really assess what had happened and she was gasping and you know, in shock really and uh, eventually you know when they pulled the uh, the tissues away i could see that her top lip was split right in the sort of the very centre, you know, that part of the, of the lip, the, you know, probably the most sensitive part of your lips, split, right open, like like, like you'd pulled a pair of curtains open. And, you know, it looked pretty shocking, actually. And of course, she wasn't aware of this. So immediately, you know, a few of us concluded, right, that needs stitching. We need to get to, you know, a hospital fast. Somebody call an ambulance. And the ambulance showed up quite quickly, and then the ambulance looked at it and said, Okay, well, that's going to need a specialist. And we can take it to our hospital if you like, but we don't really have those kind of specialists. So a doctor will stitch it up, but he probably won't, you know, do the invisible stitches that a specialist would do. So we recommend you go to this other um, hospital in Marbella. Okay be like, we can't take you there, but you can go by, by, by cab. So we ordered a cab. Cab came, they waited until the cab came. It was really sweet. And honestly, the amount of just reflex, help, that we got, you know, people are so nice. You know, there was this lady, she must have been about six foot two. And she was kind of like directing proceedings um, and getting the taxis organized and everything. And There's another guy who was dealing with the, stemming the blood flow. Anyway, so we got into a taxi, blood was not flowing at that point, but we still had loads of tissues, got her into the hospital, a long story short, we got her stitched up and took her home. And uh, <sighs> so, you know, she was supposed to go yesterday, but she cancelled her flight, God bless her, poor thing. And I said, Carol, I, this is the sort of thing that's happened to me before. I once dived into the sea when I thought it was a eight foot in depth and it was only one, (laughs) smashed my, that's another story, but I said, Carol, what's probably going to happen here is you're going to get a couple of black eyes because her nose had a nasty gash on it and, you know, it was sewn up, but so, you know, you haven't got anything on your eyes yet, but you may wake up with a couple of black eyes. And sure enough, next morning, two shiners, (laughs) poor Carol. Oh God! And she's had such a good summer. I mean, really successful, beautiful. She was saying, "It's fusing you know, over lunch. What a fantastic time she's had! How horrible for it to end like that. But yeah, uh, you know, so she cancelled the flight for yesterday, and she's, she pushed it to tomorrow. Give her a little bit of a chance to recover a bit. She has to go back. She's got a dog called Alfie, you know, a Dalmatian. She's got to go look after. <sighs> Anyway, she, she didn't, we went out last night with the little ruds because it was uh, Michelle's mum's birthday. It's funny because, uh, you know, we're sort of friends with Michelle and Carl. And, and, and Michelle is the daughter and the mother was celebrating her 59th birthday. She was born in 1962. I, I said, she's called Goldie. I said, Goldie, you're born the same year as me. So oh, really? What, what month were you born? I said, December. I said, oh, I'm older than you then. I said, yeah, but not much. <laughs> but it feels funny, because when you're, when you're friends with the kids, even though they're a different generation, you feel like you're more like their generation. So you treat her more like, you know, the grandparent that she is, but uh, she's our age. It's funny. Anyway, so, you know, on, on the Carol thing, I hope she's going to be OK today. She was definitely looking better last night. When we when we came back from the dinner, she was still up watching the tennis. As some of you Brits out there might be aware, we have a new tennis star. Absolutely fantastic and unranked outsider. Qualifier. Goes through to win the Women's US Open. God, I can't remember her name. <laughs> That's terrible, isn't it? Oh God, I won't even try it, but anyway, she's gorgeous, lovely, lovely personality, great-looking girl, you know, fabulous smile, impeccable tennis. We got back just in time to see her win. So that's a bit of good news. Really, you know, quite special. So, uh, yeah, we've got to see that. And I'm ashamed to admit that, you know, they've been planning this uh, dinner for Goldie, you know, for a couple of weeks, and they invited us very kindly to come along. And uh, uh, Charmaine, who, who's moved into a house two down from us, and her little daughter, and so it was nice, it was a cozy little party at the Marbert club, and uh, anything was, because of all the drama of the, of the day before, <laughs> the night before, Christine and I were pow fagged, <laughs> if you know what that means. Just just exhausted you know I think we've just been emotionally drained so uh, they had planned for the ladies in the party to carry on with a little bit of you know piano bar type you know kills and things afterwards whilst the, the men Carl and I <clears throat> and the kids go home. And Christine said do you mind if I come with you too I'm not up to going out any longer <sighs> she did. Right I'm stopping here for a second. Can you hear? Just one or two birds getting up. That's me walking towards the edge of it. Just the old blackbird waking up. Nothing much else. I can see for miles because besides the uh, smoke clouds which are gigantic you know, there's a big open chunk of sky straight ahead. The sun is not yet up from behind La Concha, but there's light. It's a very peaceful ste- scene. You know, and there's this kind of valley, which you know, like everywhere else is dry at the moment and subject to fire. But there's this valley in front of me. and I'm tempted to just go and walk into it. See what's down there but that wouldn't be a good idea one this thorny brush two is have wild boar and pigs down there so I better not do that Rue. Roo. Rue's having a good sniff so it's all a bit of a all a bit of a slightly uncomfortable <clears throat> period We will get by, Carol car will be all right. It's horrible for anybody to have that kind of an injury. And I, I know from uh, my own injury that you're terribly self-conscious because, you know, it's, it's in the face. It's in the old boat race, Runes, yeah. You know, even the most ugly of us. A little bit conscious of the old old face, aren't we, Runes? He says I'm not. Hey, Runes, come here. <clears throat> I brought the brush so we could have a little brush down. He's just staying out of range. He's not ready to be brushed yet. So, um, I think we'll try and give Carol a lovely day today. I don't know how we'll do it, but uh, she'll probably just want to stay at home, make her a nice Sunday lunch, and uh, help her feel better. Poor thing. Anyway, you see, you can't let, you know, one event color your whole summer experience. And she has had a marvelous summer. You know, she's after, you know, quite a talk, Tormentous a few years really for her the breakup of her marriage and all kinds of things totally the innocent party in this husband went off right behind her back with somebody else and left her Um, and she's the kindest gentlest person you can imagine and uh, you know having lived together and been married together for i don't know 25 years he's she, she didn't have a clue and it was with somebody she knew as well one of their neighbors in france they had a house in france and suddenly he just you know ups and goes, leaves her she was devastated absolutely devastated so anyway, i think that was two or three years ago now but she's sort of recovering and she came out here to really sort of lick her wounds and re-establish herself. And she's got a new man in her life, John, who I've mentioned before. And, you know, that's going really well and he's lovely. So it was a bit of a sort of press the reset button. And she, she was saying, you know, my life now is so much better than it was before. Because she, she, she had this uneasy feeling that <laughs> their relationship was on the rocks, but she didn't really want to face that. I can understand why. Anyway, so the, it came to a head and uh, he left and she had to move on. So this summer was rather important to her. So I, I do feel for her deeply. But I hope that this can just be a, a minor blip in an otherwise very successful summer. <sighs> <laughs> That's rather negative and sad, isn't it? I'm sorry. It shouldn't be saying that. Um, it's life, though. The old starts cast. have to deal with some of the more uncomfortable aspects of life as well as everything wonderful. You have to, otherwise he's not living in reality. Hey, Runes? He says, you've never been living in reality. <laughs> Come on, runes. Stop sniffing around there up Amelia. Oh, so other things to report on. Maya back together with Joshua and having a whale of a time. Gone to Portsmouth, back to his parents' place. Well, his parents are split up actually, but they live within I think about a mile of each other. So, you know, she's been there having a nice. Weekend break. They've been doing a bit of socialising and partying, time together. Oh, it, that that's so so nice. And I think term starts uh, about seven or eight days, so we've got a few more days of vacation together. And then year two, her computer studies course commences. You know. For, For the the sweet and gentle loving girl that she is. She's quite gritty. You know, she's already talking to Morgan Stanley about uh, internships and possible placements for next year. Wow. Now, this is interesting. The power of the sun. I'm looking at uh, the foothills of La Concha and behind those foothills there's a red glow which is building into the morning Morning light and daybreak, which contrasts with the red glow from behind the mountains behind Ben Havis, which, impressive and amazing as they are, are no match for the power of the sun. So, I just hope and pray. A, A fireman has lost his life, actually. Here I go again with my native stuff, but i got to tell you, a fireman lost his life yesterday, trying to put out that fire. They had 28, um, water you know, these water planes that can land on the sea, scoop up water and then fly back. Twenty-eight of them in service yesterday, and they were picking up their uh, water from right beside where we were having lunch at their land you know, flying so low, you, you know, you felt like you could just spin the wheels, <laughs> from, reach up and spin their wheels. But well, they didn't have wheels, did they? It's a biplane. Well, what are they called? Those floaty things. <laughs> you know what I mean. So that battle continued. God, I'm see it from this side of the hill as well. Yeah. You know, once the sun comes up, you don't see the, the red glow so much. You just see the smoke. Ooh. Birds are waking up. They are blackbirds. They're noisy. No, I hope we don't get barked at by a couple of dogs in this big house to our left. I think they're gonna be still in bed. It's a beautiful time of the day this, I like it. I'm getting up unnecessarily early. Oh no! Oh no, they are up. God. You know, I almost feel Moore's we should just cut right and get out of here. Oh no, is terrible. You shouldn't let your dogs out like that if they're gonna do that.
1: Yeah.
0: Who's to blame me or them? You for
1: me, Stop that!
0: Do you mind not doing that?
1: <laughs>
0: We're talking about getting another dog. We can't. not you get one that does that? doing his job, if his job is being the alert dog. All right, shush. And he can actually follow us all the way down here. So he doesn't. All right, well, sorry for that. Oh, God, he is following me. Go away. Come on, bro. See, then you never
1: barks. OK, I'll switch off to get away from him. Oh,
0: right, just out of, out of reach of those uh, two dogs now, thank goodness. Oh, unpleasant. This time of Sunday morning, I mean, it's only time, is it? It's just just gone eight o'clock. You still hear them. I mean, the poor people that live near that house probably got something to say about that. Anyway, we're further away now, so we don't have to worry about them. So I'm just walking past the Milkovich's house. Sonia and Vanya, uh, their parents, uh, well, they own the family-owned house. But Sonia and Vanya, the two girls that uh, sort of were here every summer when Harry and Tommy were here, talked about that before. But anyway, I got a a WhatsApp from Aida, their mum, last week, saying, "Hey, we're back in La Redia." Let's meet up. <laughs> we were over in England at the time, I said, well, we're not there yet, but we're coming back. And She said, well, we're going to Madrid to a wedding, but we'll be back on Monday, which is tomorrow. So with any luck, we'll meet up with them. They're really nice, aren't they? I feel like we hardly know them, and yet we know them really well, because, <laughs> you know, we've been coming here for years, for summer, with the kids. I've come around the corner and look, that smoke cloud is. Well, I mean, talk about CO2 emissions. That's, that's like a year's worth for a whole city. I can't. How to give you a sense of scale? Well, if I just gave you sort of raw dimensions. Like one may be wrong because I'm no good at it. I don't think it would help, but I would say there's probably about a cloud in height from the source of the fire to the top of the smoke cloud is probably about uh, a thousand feet, you know, three, three, four hundred meters, and in length, probably about seven or eight miles. Does that give you a sense of scale and proportion? <clears throat> it it's it defies description, really. Absolutely huge. And and the fire's not in one place. It's you know everywhere. You know, so as a firefighter, where the heck do you start? There's probably forty places where the fires are burning. I can't even see them. So many. Tommy's rumbling. Must be hungry. Wow. Well, strange. Well, I wouldn't say it's a natural disaster because what's being reported is this fire was started deliberately. I don't know. I don't know how they know that. What they're saying. Oh, I think, uh, I think we'll move into the close now. It's been a good walk, hasn't it, I've seen some come up. Smiling. Alright, to the close. Okay, voice down a bit now. <laughs> so back into the village. This hildy-pildy, up and down, cobbled, streeted village of ours. With these charming, grilled-windowed houses of all different colours and designs, but on a constant theme of the Andalusian, Moorish style. So lucky, so lucky to live here. Yeah, you know, I wake up every morning, and I, I just, just I can't believe how lucky I am. We are. I think of all the stress, the strain that we've been through, and I just feel so grateful to be able to pause breathe slowly and think about life being wonderful. I can hear the planes now. They must have stopped overnight I think. Well I suppose they can't see, can they? Can't fly at night. These guys are real heroes. They must be getting exhausted. they, They can't have unlimited of pilots, so they must be getting exhausted with a relentless gobbling up of the countryside by the fire. Sorry to keep going on about it, but it is the predominant issue right now. <clears throat> I don't know how many hectares of, of, uh, of, of you know, land has been destroyed. But yesterday, I think they were saying 5,000 hectares. It's a lot. You know, really a huge area. When I say destroyed, that's not actually the case. Because, um, the, the, you know, the roots don't get destroyed. The, the, you know, the trees do. But the, everything does grow back, eventually. Eventually. It's interesting, I was talking to Carl last night, actually. And he was talking about the cork trees. And uh, he was saying that, you know... Nature, in some cases, has formed its own defence against fire because cork is not flammable. can't burn it. So the the cork trees can survive. You know, a big forest fire like that. Of course, their leaves and branches get burnt off, but the core, you know, of the tree itself, the trunk is not destroyed, nor the roots. So they survive smart, isn't it? Alright, well, coming to Cat Corner now. So I think I'd like to say uh, Rooney and I. Come on Rooney. Are you going to come say goodbye too? <laughs> come on. His tongue hanging out. That's a Rooney smile, if ever I saw one. Hello. Yeah, Rooney and I would like to say thank you for listening in. this podcast and for all the other ones you've listened to if you've listened to others thank you, it means a lot to us even though we don't know who you are or who's listening but we know that some people are listening I think we've had something like um, 1,200 downloads so far it's a pinprick compared to some people there's a lot to us so thank you and well it's fairly sporadic when we're going to do these such casts, but fairly frequently so we will talk again soon